Welcome to the Better People Podcast. I'm Margaret Urich, and in today's episode, we're talking with Jeffrey Robinson, Chief Human Resources Officer at One Inc. So welcome, Jeff. How are you today? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. Appreciate oh, being it is It's my pleasure, and I know it's going to be the pleasure of everyone listening because this is going to be a great show. So Jeff, as I warned you, I um, always like to have you kind of share your background with our listeners. So what is it that you think would be really helpful for our listeners to know about Jeffrey Robinson? That, um, let me see, I, I would say that um, uh, that I've had a varied career um, in different industries. Uh, I have been in technology, I've been in banking, I've been in publishing, I've been in entertainment. Um, so a varied background. Um, and uh, ultimately, I believe that that what's worked there is that ultimately every business comes down to the people, the people and the talent that drive it, that are passionate about it, um, that want to be um, there makes the difference. And if you can touch that nerve, regardless of industry, uh, from an HR perspective, you can be uh, you can be successful. And then the second part that I would say to that, if uh, anyone uh, is looking for light reading and, and wants to see my background and you go through uh, LinkedIn, um, what's not as prevalent or, or as uh, on the screen is the early career. Um, and our early career decisions is really what uh, what makes us. And I was willing to do anything and everything uh, inside of HR. So I've been the head of training. I've been the head of uh, recruiting. Um, I've been a generalist. I have been uh, an operational lead um, and um, and taken organizations to organizations completely paperless um, when that was when that was a thing. Uh, changed HRIS systems, applicant tracking systems. So there's not an aspect of HR that I haven't done. I've taken the lead on benefits, uh, taken the lead on on, on some comp uh, projects and the like. There's nothing inside of HR that I haven't been, haven't done and haven't done with, uh, with a great deal of uh, passion and interest. Now, I know I don't want to go back and do some of those things, <laughs> I, know, right. I know who I am, uh, but right. I but I did it. I uh, I took yeah. on every job inside of HR to make sure that uh, I was uh, well rounded and could speak to um, the variety of things that we have in HR. So, so a couple questions here with that. First, what has been the greatest benefit for you in having done that and having said yes to all of those different opportunities? Um. For me, first and foremost, the opportunity to learn um, mm -hmm. and challenge myself in areas that I'm uh, I'm not as as good at, um, uh, comp and uh, the challenges of of, of compensation, um, not necessarily my thing, um, but uh, boy, did I enjoy digging in underneath the numbers for that short uh, for that short while and getting enough learning enough. Um, to be able to be effective in a conversation. Um, so first and foremost, always learning, always appreciate uh, the opportunity to learn something new and challenge myself. Um, and then uh, number two, I think uh, that uh, it benefits me by being able to be nimble as I move through organizations and understanding 
what's the most effective lever to pull in our decisions around what areas to focus on. You can't do everything. You got to pick and choose. You got to see where your vulnerabilities, your challenges are from an organizational perspective. And so um, my past experience makes me nimble enough to move through areas, understand enough about each of the levers that HR has um, at its disposal to be able to pick and choose and make what I hope are good, uh, effective strategy decisions on what this is what we're going to attack, this is what we're going to do, and this is how we're going to try to get at our employee base. I'm sure it helps in your role as the CHRO, right, to have had all of those experiences. So just out of curiosity, where what's the area that you're most passionate about? Most passionate? I Well, I grew up as a recruiter, um, so I cut my teeth um, recruiting uh, tellers in uh, for Citibank uh, in uh, in New York and Chicago, um, and that was the predominant job. I was head of staffing for for Citibank in the, in the Midwest for a time, and then I had the New York uh, bank. Um, teller turnover was uh, incredible back uh, at that that period, um, so that enabled me to not just see how we um, go out and bring people to an organization, um, but also what do you do to, to, to get them on board, get them effective, get them to a level of productivity quickly and keep them in the seat. Um, that extended my view of wanting to see what kept them in the street, uh, in the seats, excuse me, what uh, is more, nothing could be more frustrating than to um, be pushing uh, tellers through in Brooklyn, Queens, uh, Long Island, Nassau, and Suffolk County branches, only to see them leave after uh, a few months, a few uh, uh, a year, two years, um, without having grown with the organization, and um, began to look at different ways that we could do different things to help those uh, people stay in the chair longer, uh, and that extended to things training, onboarding, training. Uh, compensation, uh, other uh, other benefits that we we provided uh, and and the like, and, you know, and the correlation in my career. So I start there. Uh, fast forward twenty years, and I'm uh, at an organization where we're recruiting uh, nurses in a very very difficult nurse market um, in uh, in regions of New York State. Um, that's very, very difficult to uh, to attract talent. So yeah. um, uh, there's, there's correlation to this stuff. There are little threads that you pull through in each one of those opportunities that get you to um, a, a real appreciation of the work you're doing. So there's a passion. It's for recruiting, right person, right job, right time. Um, and uh, But that leads you to so many other things. Yeah. You know, I'm listening to you and I'm thinking how... Uh, it, it's having me think back on my career as well. And, um, ex, you know, we say that feedback is a gift, right? Experience is a huge gift as well. I mean, in a way, experience is feedback also, right? We learn from it. And it's so fun when you can look back and trace how different experiences have led to different places and and how, as you said, right, you pull different levers and how you can pull on the experience that you've had to support you with what you're doing now. I don't know that we often take time to reflect back 
on how that really happens for us. But when you can take the time to do that, it's it's pretty amazing. And I'm hearing that listening to you talk. So um, before we jump into some really exciting topics today, just tell us a little bit about One Inc. So how large is the organization? How large is your team? How many employees do you have? Just so we can understand um, what you're going to share with us through that lens. Yes. Uh, thank you so much for, for the opportunity to give a uh, uh, one Inc commercial here, um, uh, but uh, One Inc is a uh, software uh, provider in the uh, insure tech space. We essentially provide uh, software that empowers payments for insurance companies, pay in, uh, premium payments, uh, pay out claims payment uh, for uh, uh, insurers uh, and their policyholders. Um, hopefully, uh, not hopefully, but our, our software essentially uh, changes the game uh, between insurer and their policyholder uh, and enables uh, payments uh, as the consumer, the policyholder would, would like that uh, payment. Uh, so they uh, have the opportunity to choose how to pay for their premium, but also the magic on the back end in claims payment and the abilities to help manage uh, and digitize payments claims payments uh, to vendors who may be doing work on your behalf to whether it's your uh, car, your the auto body shop, or a contractor doing work on your home after some damage, uh, our abilities to manage that uh, payment, take it out of the uh, consumer's hands, make life easier uh, for the consumer, while at the same time digitizing that uh, payment. Uh, so it's a digital payment ensuring security um, and uh, exactness in that uh, payment, uh, right party, right time, um, from the insurance company to um, all, all parties. All right. So how big is your company? Uh, so we have um, uh, over 600 workers, about 660 workers, uh, 400 of which are employees in the U.S. and Mexico. Um we are a distributed workforce. Uh, so um, in the US and in Mexico, while we do have uh, offices, I have an office in uh, Folsom, California, uh, Knoxville, Tennessee, and uh, uh, Puerto Vallarta, Mexico. Um, uh, a bulk of our employees are remote. Uh, we have employees um, in uh, 30 th 36 states throughout the US um, and throughout uh, Mexico. Uh, and um, so we manage primarily from a remote standpoint. Um, we do have a customer contact center in Knoxville, Tennessee, where um, most people sit. Uh, that's a, a call center um, and uh, an opportunity for us to manage our relationships with our, with our clients through the through the call center. So. Almost 600 employees, most of you are virtual. The in-person employees mostly are going to be in the call center then in Tennessee. Correct. And I, I should say okay. that, that uh, while we have four, that other 200 or, okay. or so employees are in India. Um, uh, and uh, those uh, um, uh, employees in, uh, in India uh, use their talents to support us from a technical standpoint primarily and some uh, customer support uh level two level three customer support in uh in india all right great so this is a great uh 
segue into the conversation that we wanted to have today. And that was really around um, working with a distributed workforce and the challenges and opportunities that that brings. And it does bring both. And I think everybody knows that. And I think we've been spending a lot of time talking about that for the past couple of years. Um, so, so let's let's talk. What are your, um, I guess for for you? And you've been at One Inc. So let's ask. Pre COVID, were you a, a distributed workforce? Has this been something that you've been doing for a while? So I arrived at uh, One Inc. in 2021. Uh, okay. July 2021 uh, formally. Um, in uh they were already remote uh remember um i don't have to remind everyone that uh, pandemic uh changes all of our lives in march of 2020 in march of 2020 um everybody gets sent home in one way or another i was not at one inc i was uh, actually an interim chro at another company at that particular time um, and we did the same thing. We, um, uh, uh, One Inc. moved everybody uh, remote. And, so you were 100% in person up until that time. Correct. Remember, at that point, okay. we were a California-based, a Folsom, California-based company. Um, there might have been a few uh, remote workers, but for the most part, everyone was um, based in the uh, Sacramento, Folsom, California area. And uh, coming into the um, into the office on a regular basis, pandemic hits. Everyone, like everyone else, one ink scrambles, pushes people out about, and moves uh, uh, people out and introduces them to a uh, a remote work uh, yeah. environment and establishes a uh, a remote work environment. Fast forward to twenty twenty one. Um, still in uh, in in pandemic, uh, the um, uh, remote workforce continues, but really hasn't begun to take shape. And when I joined in 2021, it's uh, really let's see how we can make this um, remote uh, work environment uh, continue. Uh, and we begin to hire and hire more remote uh, persons. Uh, that uh, weren't necessarily going to be able to come into the office. So prior to that, you know, there's remote, but there happened to be in that Northern California area. So access. Well, because uh, they were the people that were going into the office that just went home and, and you thought we're going to come back. Right. So, yeah, correct. that would make sense. But then we start uh, in 2021. Uh, um, we hire a leadership team um, that is mostly remote. Uh, New York, uh, Florida, Georgia, um, we begin to attract. Well, and can I ask you real quick, Jeff, was that because you said you made the decision to be now a hybrid or a distributed workforce? Or was that still at the time just saying, well, this is where we can find people because of the talent shortage. So let's hire them. Like, where was the, I guess, what was behind that decision? Yeah, so we were adapting to this new normal and, and making the strategic decision that we were going to be um, a uh, a remote workforce um, in, okay. at that point. Um, so we were going to give uh, a level of commitment to it uh, and evolve together um, as a uh, as a remote workforce. So going back to the office at that point, 
um, we were really making that uh, strategic decision. Once you start hiring um, executives and, uh, and and next level down and attracting talent uh, from across a wide uh, spectrum of the, of the map, um, of, uh, of the U.S. map, uh, you know, you really are no turning back at a certain point, right? So we uh, we probably reached that point in 20, late 2021, uh, early 2022, where we're in it. We got to make this work. We got to figure out uh, how to make this remote workforce a thing for us um, and use it to, to our uh, to our benefit. All right. So that was really just a year ago. Then if I'm if I'm tracking with you with what your your, your timeline here, what have been your challenges so far? Um, I think the challenge uh is 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 in building cohesiveness, stickiness from an organizational perspective. Um and not just on the broader level, right? We have a mission, we have a we have values, we um uh, have an organizational strategy that uh, people can go to oneinc.com and, and and see who we are, what we do, um, and can uh, can certainly rally around that. Um, but it's creating that stickiness at uh, other levels of the organization, establishing a level of connection um, at uh, uh, at varied um, points and at varied levels of the organization. Right, so. Um, more employee meetings, not less, right? Because you got to create a, a stickiness, you know. So we we make it a point. We have um, our um, almost monthly. Sometimes it may slip a week or two. So, you, um, but uh, monthly uh, employee all employee meetings um, where we update on organization, creating a, a level of transparency. What's going on in our organization, right? When we were all in the same building. We could all get around the the, the yep. water cooler, mm-hmm. right? Get a cup of coffee, and I could say, "Hey, Margaret, how you doing? What's going on in uh, in finance? Right. What's going on in in in, uh, in marketing? What's going on in in sales?" Right? Um, and uh, that's not uh, the way it's done anymore. Now you have to be more mindful uh, of uh, opportunities to uh, bring employees together uh, to share information. Uh, have a level of transparency um, uh, that's a two-way street between employees uh, and uh, and managers and their direct reports and the organization to our employees as well. Um, so creating a level of transparency across our organization has also been, um, uh, you know, a, a challenge um, and making sure that uh, employees are in the know, uh, employees have a sense of what's going on, uh, uh, our performance management uh, has been uh, a big focus for us. Uh, we have had the um, opportunity to, to um, really drive on, not perfect yet, um, but certainly uh, working and evolving our, our performance management practices, uh, insisting that managers meet with uh, employees on a regular basis, regular feedback, uh, and um, all of those types of things that uh, well so let me stop you there real quick so because i want to get into that also but you know listening to you um you know kind of a little funny here but i'm listening to you and i came up with a slogan uh which 
I'll just say, you know, we we talk in business that that cash is king or cash flow is king, but I'm listening to you and really what I'm hearing, it's like communication is king now. Uh, like this is it. And communication obviously uh, runs through so many things. It's the the communication of just updating your employees so they know what's going on. It's the community, the social communication that so people just feel connected and they get to know each other. It's the transferring down of really important information. It's the sharing successes. I mean, communication is such a huge umbrella. And I do think it has become so much more important for organizations because you're right before it just kind of organically happened and we didn't think about it. And now we have to be really intentional to make sure that it happens. And and the it of communication is many different forms. So you have to think about how we make sure these different types of communications are happening. Absolutely. One of that, right, is the communication that the manager has with their employee. And it's different levels of communication there as well. So I love that you're going to performance management. And it sounds like you were saying that this is something that you're seeing as an opportunity for you and something you're really building out. So now tell us what you were going to say. Yeah, so you're you're absolutely right. Um, it's about performance and engagement, whether you're sitting in the office in a cubicle right next to your supervisor, or you're sitting at a, at home a thousand miles away from point A to point B. Um, it's being mindful, intentional about expectations, about the challenges. What what are you doing? What am I doing? And that we're in uh, in, in regular communication. We're just doing it uh, electronically, um, and we're using Teams. We're using Microsoft. Uh, and so you're getting calls via Teams. You're um, you have the abilities to set up a, a Zoom meeting on uh, on occasion for bigger, uh, more um, uh, appropriate meetings. So you have to be thinking as a manager, what's happening with Bill today? What's happening with Barbara today? What's what's going on? And behind these cameras, you don't know what's happening. Yeah. I don't know what's going on in the office, somewhat controlled, right? I could see uh, somebody keeps coming to your desk and uh, I can ask, uh, hey, Margaret, is there a problem? I, I, I've seen uh, right. stop by three times today. Is there something I should know about? Right now, you don't know. You, you don't know. You have this, right? So what's important is that you and I establish a level of transparency where we feel free to share safe to share. Um, hey, I, I, I heard this from Jim, um, right? It's uh, emails that uh, have um, a large number of CCs, more than we, we may have had in the past, um, right? To keep everybody in, informed, everybody in the loop uh, around uh, what's happening on a particular issue. It's uh, you as an, as an employee reading those things, checking in on those things, right? You get a lot of emails now, I, you know, the, the number of emails goes up, but there's information, there are nuggets inside of those things that you got to read, you got to pull out the threads, anything in there that's important to me. Uh, no, got it. Okay, but it just, uh, I'm knowledgeable about this. Let me keep, uh, let me keep moving. Or, oh, I see this. Let me stop. Let me correct this. Let me make sure that everyone is aware of this. Let me make sure that everyone understands what steps have been taken so far. So finding, uh, helping employees find their place, 
uh, employees being more intentional about them finding their place and finding out opportunities and uh, to step into uh, scenarios, situations, challenges that an organization might may face. Um, so information is coming from a lot of different places, uh, email, voicemails um, that come through your Teams, Zoom, all of these different things, Slack channels and um, uh, Teams channels that, that are there where people post things and that kind of thing. You have to be um, more intentional about your going out to get information and sharing information. Yeah. So the other day I listened to a podcast. I don't know if you listened to Adam Grant's uh, Rethinking podcast, and he was actually interviewing Brene Brown and Simon Sinek. So it was a really great podcast. I think it was like oh a half God. hour long. Three yeah, of my yeah. favorites. Absolutely. Exactly. Together. Well, then you have to listen to this because the three of them together was kind of funny. And um, I don't know if Adam Grant asked Brene a question about leadership. How, I guess it was, how would you define it? I think that might've been the question, but um, at some point in her response, she says that what um, she promotes within her organizations and with the people and, and just in her message, right, to everybody, because Brene's Brown message just goes to everybody, which is amazing. And that is that you have to care for and connect with your people. And that if you don't, as a leader, if you don't care for and connect with your employees, it's not going to work. I believe I've quoted her correctly. That was, but, um, and, and so I'm listening to you and that's what I'm hearing, right? So you're getting all this feedback from your employees and you have to care enough about them to look at what you're getting and to say, is there a message here that I have to be picking up on? Is there an opportunity to train them because they might be um, missing something? Is there an opportunity for me to say, Hey, you don't seem like you're having a great day today. Is something going on? Um, or is there an opportunity to praise them and and, and recognize them for something that they've done? And I, I just, it, it was so fun to connect what she was saying with really what you're talking about. And I, I think that's it's the same thing, which I think is is great. And and I love uh, Benet's uh, uh, discussions on uh, empathy. I encourage mm-hmm. anyone who who hears us uh, to go out and find uh, Benet Brown and and her, and and that's absolutely part of it. Maybe in the office you could walk past and you see that somebody might look a little sullen, a little sad, mm-hmm. um, or that someone's uh, got a you know pep in their step and a, a little hey, what? Why are you so excited? Or you know why are you so sad? Um, but in these contexts of remote work where there could be thousands of miles between us, we need to um, zero in on things. Uh, and see things uh, and note things. And we also have to be more inquisitive. As a manager, there are things that you're going to hear uh, an employee say, oh my gosh, I've been so busy today. Uh, I'm sending you this now. I've been so busy today. I haven't even had a chance to walk the dog. It's going to walk the dogs, be back. Okay. That gives you a clue. Why are they so busy? What What's going on? You got to zoom. You got to listen for those things. What's happening in your in the day for that individual? What's going on? What are they prioritizing? Help them to reprioritize some things. Things can break that you don't even know broke. Now you yeah now that may be taking up their time. You don't know about it. Uh, you know from an HR perspective, my team might be engaging in an ER issue that I'm not even aware of. So now I have right. to. Now I'm hearing someone 
who's sounding like, oh my gosh, they're so busy they can't they can't break away for 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 a few minutes even to have a bite of a sandwich uh, and, and, or another cup of coffee or whatever. So then it's good it's a good opportunity to sit out there and say, hmm, what's going on? What what are you working on? Right? Tap into those clues. Um, but in order to tap into those clues, you yourself have to be present of mind to kind of say, what are they saying to me? What's the real message in that? And you're absolutely right, uh, Margaret. There are so many layers of uh, in this communication thing. Um, um, but that's the broad based umbrella. And, and if your your abilities to kind of break it down into bite sized chunks and get good at the right time, the right place for the right um, levels of communication can ultimately determine your success. Breath of the people you leave. I mean, it's huge. And, and I love that you acknowledge the, the clues. I think we do. We get so many clues throughout the day. And if we ourselves as people leaders or even just right as co-workers, if we don't um, take the time to just be present with the person we're with, that we're sitting next to having a conversation with, then we're going to miss those clues. And, and so, you know, that's, that's one problem if we're not being present, which I think is a, a big issue. And then you need to have that empathy and possibly be vulnerable to say, Hey, I, I'm sensing something's not right with you? Are, are you okay? Is there something you need to talk about? And I do think what we haven't talked about yet, um, and we'll throw in another thought leader here, and that's Pat Lencioni and his work around um, high-performing teams and how at the base of everything is trust. And I think that's a big part of this, what leaders, uh, especially in the distributed workforce, but really with all employees need to establish that trust so that they can have those conversations with their employees and their employees trust that they can be honest and share what's going on. Because there is, as you said, there's a lot going on behind these screens. But if the if the person doesn't trust their leader, they're not going to share that. So that, you know, also really has to be developed. So all of this leads me to my next question for you. And that is when... Um, with everything that we've discussed and and all of the um all of what we expect our managers to be able to do all that they need to be able to do i mean being a people leader is hard mm -hmm. very hard today's world regardless it's hard so how are you supporting your leaders within your organization with this move now to this permanent state of being a distributed workforce yeah so um what we are trying to do, not there yet, not 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 perfect um, uh, in in by any stretch of the imagination, is uh, to build effective. Um, I don't want to call them programs, um, but help our managers to build effective lanes for them to operate effectively within their team. Um, because let's 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 understand that even with a workforce of uh, 400, 600 workers, whatever that number might be, or 6,000, um, at its basic level, it's me and my manager. It's it's me and my uh, manager and the challenges of the world. Right? Organizations have these big pronouncements, mission, values. Um, uh, uh, 
their North Star, their um, uh, organizational goals, their OGSMs, uh, all of those things are these big, broad-based pronouncements. But uh, for the average uh, employee rank and file, um, they're just trying to find their um, uh, their place. That, you know, whether you are um, a software engineer or a uh, a direct director in in payments, uh, you're you're just looking for how do you contribute? How can I contribute to um, this organization? How do I how do I fit? And so it's you and your manager creating that level of connection uh, and uh, that uh, level of focus, uh, clear priorities, clear goals. What are we trying to do here? Um, Why does it matter? Um, All of those things are um, absolutely positively have to happen in order for someone to feel good about their their work and want to jump on these zoom calls and um and, and want to be engaged in these uh, uh in these meetings and want to contribute to those meetings yeah understanding what your role is what your purpose is great to understand what the company's purpose is but you as an employee to be fully matter? engaged you're right why do i matter why do i matter um yep. And whether I am a, a call center agent um, or someone who uh, might be uh, uh, doing um, uh, counting operations and closing the books each month, why do I matter? What is this, what is my work? How does my work matter in this in the organization? Um, and helping uh, employees make those uh, make those connections, empowering them uh, to to do more, uh, and then celebrating it. Communicating it, um, we spend uh, a, a considerable amount of time um, sharing messages. We have a tool uh, called Bonusly. It's not a plug for Bonusly, but uh, but uh, just recognition that we have a an employee recognition tool. And in that rec- employee recognition tool, I can go in and I can say, "Hey, uh, Margaret's doing uh, doing terrific. Um, thank you so much for your effort on that project." Um, I can thank uh, uh, someone uh, cross collaboratively um, in another department for for helping me with some insights, uh, some support. Uh, I can do all of that inside bonusly. All employees get points to give, uh, and uh, and they get points. And uh, we encourage using uh, that uh, system. Uh, we have our. Um, we we call it our Wonster of the month, uh, and we do a Wonster each month in, uh, in the U.S., Mexico, uh, and India, where we recognize an employee uh, for their contributions. We have a, a team award where we look for um, cross collaborative teams um, who have uh, cross functional collaborative teams, I should say, um, who have worked together uh, to drive uh, some level of improvement. Um, so. Everyone looks, needs to look inside their organization, find ways to acknowledge uh, contributions and successes, celebrate those uh, those successes. Yeah, we don't get together. We don't. I can't. I, I can't have uh, an employee picnic um, per se. Um, but there are virtual things um, that we're trying. We're, I'm still trying to um, organize around that. Um, I hope uh, at some point this year to, to be a little bit more organized in um, 
in the intention of encouraging managers to do it, giving them some tools to be able to um, to drive some of that uh, activity uh, and connection with their employees, for them to celebrate, to do fun things together. Um, yeah, remotely, um, but um, we're, we're still able to do that. Um, I encourage our managers to just start uh, some of their team meetings with just fun topics. Um, yeah. Everything doesn't have to be uh, uh, um, jump right in and um, start attacking everything with a sledgehammer. Um, doesn't have to be that intense. We can have fun. We can uh, we can share um, fun stories. We can share where we went last night, whether it was to the opera or a dive bar. We can uh, we can uh, share our experiences uh, in this remote uh, environment. Um, we can share pictures of the children. Uh, we can share our, our pets um, uh, and all of those kinds of things. We're still uh, working on some of that stuff. I need to to strengthen around um, some of those things here at uh, One Inc. Um, but there have been glimpses and signs and um, opportunities for uh, employees to do that. Um, we also try uh, on uh, on a regular basis to. Uh, um, send our employees something that says thank you, um, some uh, one ink uh, swag or a uh, one ink gift or, or coffee mugs, very popular. Um, uh, we have uh, done a number of those kind of things just to um, to say thank you as well. And uh, so any touch points that uh, you can create um, at the manager level, that next level uh and then uh, from an organizational perspective is uh, is is important. Um, yeah. I, I'll find I'll yep. end with uh, what we um, have been encouraging our employee, our managers to do is ensure that they are setting goals and clear expectations for people that they're having monthly uh, check ins one on one. Every month, every member of my team has the opportunity to meet with me. We put 30 minutes on the calendar. No matter how many times we've chatted this month, this week, this day, we have one-on-one -on -one where that is your time to talk about the challenges in your role, um, uh, life, uh, liberty, and pursuit of happiness, and what is it that's impacting you. Um, we know at least we have uh, 30 minutes uh, on the calendar for you and I to, uh, to chat, um, and we insist that managers uh, try to do that. Um, and where possible, we encourage uh, social connection. Two employees happen to live in the same city. Um, we're happy to um, have them connect um, and uh, and make a social connection in addition to the to the work con connection. Right? I got a number of employees in Atlanta. Once in a while, somebody will send out a note and say, "Hey, here I am." come on, uh, let's get out together, right? Uh, it's me being intentional with my colleagues in the New York area, in New Jersey, to get out and say, hey, let's uh, let's catch uh, let's catch a meal, let's catch some coffee, uh, whatever it might be. Uh, encouraging that and making time for that is important. It is. And, you know, um, it, listening to you, there's no shortage of things that you can do to connect with, engage with uh, a distributed workforce. It just takes intention. 
you know, it's not going to happen accidentally. You don't just walk upon the person at the water cooler, right? It, it takes intention, but there are things you can do. Um, and it sounds like you're really thinking of those things. You've put them into some of them into practice and there's more that you know that you want to work on. So that's awesome. Yeah, so Jim, yeah. This has really been a great conversation. I want to just ask you one last question. And that is um, looking back on your career. What is one thing you've changed your mind about sitting here today? <laughs> Remote work. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! You did you caught had had you caught me ten years ago? Uh, I was not a fan, not a fan. Okay. Drive me nuts. Just drive me nuts. Because then everybody was uh this one got the special privilege. This one didn't. Um, you know, as technology has increased in the in the in the workplace, um, it has definitely opened up. Uh, uh, opportunities for people to work from from home. Um, I would I would tell you I was not a particular fan in the early days of of the technology advancing um, this remote work uh, stuff. I was not uh, a big proponent of it, uh, and um, because of what it would create inside the workplace. Well, how come he gets to do that? How come she's doing that? I want to do that too. And uh, it became a uh, uh, copycat syndrome. Uh, I had my uh, my biases about being in the office um, and was one who had a uh, mentality of um, in early, out late um, kind of thing. That was my mm. work style. Um, uh, and uh, the idea that somebody wouldn't come uh, through the office uh, was not uh, a um uh, uh an idea that i had um so my uh i have definitely evolved around that i have uh, definitely evolved around um uh visibility creates uh um success has to be more than visibility has to be results you got to be driving results what yep. are your results um, you don't have to be the loudest person in the room, yeah, but you do want to be the most productive person in the room. You want to make sure your output is uh, is there. Um, so all of those um, misnomers that I had uh, at that time about being per being in the office and being visible um, are um, uh, have gone away. Uh, I recognize that you can be successful uh, toiling in your own um uh living room den dining room uh um office uh, at home you can you can be successful again we come back to as long as you're intentional you're mindful um and you are communicating and communicating going both ways me employee what am i doing you supervisor making sure that we are um uh driving um uh um goals objectives um clear responsibilities clear levels of expectations um and building a sense of community um for for everyone where everyone can feel like uh even even if it's just this zoom that you feel safe to say the things that are important that are um uh, vital to you as an organization, as a team, um, and that people feel um, like they can um, uh, bring up issues, concerns, well, and at the same time, um, uh, successes, and that you uh, take the appropriate time to celebrate those successes.
Wow. So, well, thanks for your vulnerability there and sharing. Uh, I only asked for one thing you changed your mind about and you gave me a bunch, but I think that's awesome that you admit, right? This is how I used to think. And um, I don't feel that way anymore. And and you're working, you're actually not only not feeling that way, you're working to make the, the very thing that you didn't believe in actually be a positive reality for the people at One Inc. So that's awesome. So Jeffrey, I want to thank you for your time today. This has really been a great conversation. Um, I appreciate it and um, look forward to connecting again. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Margaret. This has been a lot of fun and hopefully we can do it again. Thank you for listening. We hope you got a ton of value out of this episode. Before we go, we want to thank the sponsor of our show, the Mid-Atlantic Employers Association, more commonly referred to as MEA. MEA provides human resources services to hundreds of businesses across numerous industries every day, bridging gaps that restrain innovation and growth. If you need support around people issues, reach out to meainfo.org. Better people, better outcomes.